Welcome to the Growth Hacking Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Palomino. This podcast is about thought-provoking ideas to scale up and growth hack performing and human-centric work cultures. My guests are experts on mindsets, skills, and science behind work cultures. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, if you ask me, I have the strong belief that education in corporate is not going great. And the thing is that it, there hasn't been a real evolution or changing on the way people are trained, employees are trained in the corporations. And somehow I feel that we need alternatives. Um, recently, I was reading something. I'm always reading something. Uh, I was reading a study by McKinsey. They found that 80% of executives believe that there is a skill gap and that skill gap is a threat for their organizational growth. So, and if we look about the major changes in terms of education in corporates, uh, there hasn't been many, not even in the methodology. So the same things or principles that were taught about leadership development uh, or, or managerial skills were taught more or less in the same approach 20 years ago. The way we measure, in fact, impact is more about satisfaction surveys compared to, I don't know, real actions that happen. Um, another thing that I wanted to highlight is the study by Deloitte found that 67% of employees say that they need more training to do the jobs effectively. But the real question that I would like to discuss today is about what do, we, do they need to learn? What is really required in order to be successful and, and why not being fulfilled at work? And that's why I have invited today David C.M. Carter uh, to discuss about the role of something very particular, which is character, and to discuss also life skills to improve performance at work. Let me tell you a little bit more about David. He is an entrepreneur. He is very often recognized as the world's leading CEO mentor. He has more than 40 years track record in creating innovative business. He is the author of the book, Breakthrough, Learn the Secrets of the World's Leading Mentor and Become the Best You Can Be. He is also the founder of a very particular academy called the Entelechy Academy. And by the way, because even though I pretend to know a lot, I didn't know what Entelechy means. So I went and looked around and it means about, Entelechy is, is, has its origin in Greek. And it is about the condition of a thing whose essence is fully actualized. Realize realizing its potential. So we are going to discuss a little bit more about the, this principle of becoming better by building on the character. David C.M. Carter, I'm so happy to be with you tonight. Well, for me, it's the night. And the first question is going to be, what does it stand for C.M. in the David C.M. Carter? Uh -huh. uh, David Charles Merrick. Wow, that's a very complex name, by the way. But I love the Charles. <laughs> well, Merrick was actually the mentor to Merlin. Oh, that I didn't know either. So yes. it's going to be interesting to learn much more about it. David, tell me one thing. So I, I, I saw in your LinkedIn profile something that struck me. You claim really openly at the age of... 18, you stop going, having higher education. 
So, and, and the question is like, still today, even though there is more and more alternatives to in order to develop, develop ourselves, people do not say it openly. And even people who has the same uh, journey as you, they don't openly say it. Is that a statement about what the future of learning or the future of self-development, uh, is it a statement in order to give a message also for others? Um, I don't think so, because um, I'm extremely dyslexic. And the state education system that I went through was a machine, a cookie cutter, where you learned in a particular way, were um, tested in a particular way. And that standardized education doesn't suit a, a dyslexic. <clears throat> um, I, I, by the way, I think being dyslexic is a real gift and I feel very blessed with it. But we process information differently. We think differently. And so I struggled at school, even though all of my teachers told me that I'm extremely intelligent. And so it was the system of education that was wrong for me, but it wasn't wrong for probably 70% of the rest of the pupils in the classroom. Mm. Um. I'm so old that when I left school in 1977, only 5% of um, people leaving secondary education went to university, whereas today it's 55%. And we used to have in the UK things called polytechnics instead of universities. Now they've all been turned into universities. And the polytechnics had a really great place and space in that spectrum because they taught much more practical skills than like academic skills <clears throat> and we've developed the apprenticeship scheme in the UK but I, I don't think that's um, entirely comparable but at the end of the day if you want to be an electrician or a plumber or a hairdresser or a internet um, installer and there's lots of great apprenticeship schemes that will teach you all you ever need to know about hairdressing or the internet or um, plumbing or heating or electrical. And, and, you know, lots of people have gone on to build fantastically successful businesses having started an apprenticeship. One of my favourite stories is Lord Bamford, who is the chairman of JCB, which is, you know, the earth-moving... Uh, equipment company multi 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 billionaire um his father who bought him into the family firm sent him on a three-year apprenticeship to massey ferguson in france and he always attributes all of his success in business to that three-year apprenticeship um but i think you know look around the world steve jobs you know and bill gates and richard branson they all dropped out of university so <clears throat> and um, so I, I, I think university is great for certain people and certain courses. Um, I do think that universities today don't give people the full education that they need, which goes back to something you were saying in your introduction. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, India, China, America, Europe, 
employers just cannot find the people that they need with the right combination of technical skills mm. and human skills. And um, we'll come on to this, I'm sure, in our conversation. But when we show our product to buyers, they say, why has no one ever thought of this before? It's really clever and very simple. And your 54 character qualities are exactly the skills that our employees and applicants lack that we need them to have. And when we show it to the young people, they say, why weren't we taught this at college or at university? And so, you know, you might leave Bristol University with a first-class honours degree in aeronautical engineering and go and work for British Aerospace, and you've got all the right technical skills. But if you don't know how to collaborate or how to communicate or how to be organised or disciplined or reliable, then guess what? Your great three-year university course has not taught you everything you need to be effective in the workplace. And 75% of young people at the end of a year in a job, they say that we didn't get taught the, the skills that we need to be effective at work whilst we're at college or university, which seems stupid to me because they could learn all of those life skills and human skills and work-ready skills that they need in the flow of their studies, but no one ever told them you're going to need to be this, this, and this. David, uh, yes. we, we see a little bit more of universities who are kind of starting to develop life skills programs, but very minimalistic. Like, it's especially, uh, I have yep. to deal with a lot of British uh, universities. I can tell you, it's very minimal in still in the UK. In the American system, in the Ivy Leagues, it is a little bit more developed. But what I wanted to do before is to frame a little bit the discussion because <clears throat> we have been discussing about life skills and characters. And there is also another concept called meta skills, like the mental process of how of, of learning how to learn a specific skill. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have a little bit your opinion or your own definition about so that we can understand because character at the beginning, it doesn't sound, it is not exactly what we perceive so how would okay. you define it's a very good question so um over the last five plus years mckinsey quarterly pwc quarterly the economist every major publication in the world has written extensively well-researched articles on what they have called the soft skills crisis yeah and so we spent a year and a quarter interviewing hundreds nearly 300 heads of HR and L&D all around Europe and the world and asked them a simple question. Exactly which soft skills do your applicants or employees not have that you need them to have? And at the end of that research period, and we agreed to share the research with all of the participants, we went back to them and said, okay, we've distilled it all down into these 77 essential soft skills that employers want their applicants and workforce to have, which they don't. Do you like our framework that we've created? And they said, it's fantastic. You, you've absolutely nailed it. We can't think of one that's missing. 
we like them all. We said, okay, well, let's explain to you why your education of those soft skills doesn't work. Mm. And the real reason why any skills, your meta skills and soft skills and life skills, it doesn't matter what they are, because all of those skills are underpinned by our 54 character qualities. And so what we then did was map our 54 character qualities against the 77 in-demand essential soft skills. And I'll give you a very real example. If you can talk to anybody in India, Europe, the US, and one of the soft skills that they feel that their young workforce are terrible at is time management. And there's two aspects of this, and I'll, I'll describe one first and then come back to the second one in a minute. So one of the world's top three management consultancies by revenues um, figured out that in a league table, they were number 19 in the world in terms of profitability. Mm. And they, you know, huge revenues, high number of staff, but not as productive or profitable as their competitors. And the senior leadership team and the board decided that it was all because of poor time management. Now, these companies bill in six minute increments of time. So over the course of three years, everybody in the company went on a three-day, $2,880 per person time management course. And at the end of the course, 95% of the participants scored 95% in the quiz. However, they had to accept and admit that three and a half years later, after everyone had been through the program, their time management skills hadn't improved at all. And so they called me in and said, why is this, David? So I said, well, basically, there's two reasons. First of all, your quiz assessed what people were taught, not what they have learned and applied. And they're like, oh, yes, we hadn't thought of that. And the second thing is... Where are the underpinning character qualities? You've taught the theory of time management, the benefits of time management. We haven't taught anybody actually how to do it. Oh, what are the six character qualities that underpin time management? Well, you need to be accountable, responsible, disciplined, organized, efficient, and reliable. And what we do at IntelliKey Academy is teach your people to be those six character qualities. And of course, if at the end of six months they've worked on those six character qualities and all of their peers have noticed a big improvement in all of them, guess what? You'll be more productive and you'll have better time management skills. So our our program is a couple of hundred dollars per person. Their course was $2,880 and didn't work at all. So the other point that I wanted to make, which is actually quite a nuanced point, is that in 2023, in this crazy world of politically correctness, wokeness that we all live in, um, actually the companies aren't being honest. They've created this concept that the problem is time management. Mm. And of course they want people to be accountable, responsible, disciplined, organized, efficient, reliable. However, what they really mean, but they're not willing to say, 
is they want people who work for them to respect that the office hours are nine till six with a one hour lunch break. And during the time when you're not at lunch, you're supposed to be at work on your phone or your computer or whatever, not chatting with your friends on Facebook, not you know, following your uh, influencers on TikTok. And, you know, the two hours per day that the average person spends on social media is is causing that lack of productivity. Right. So I'm going to tell you another quick story. So um, about a year ago, we hired a new senior person in our team. And um, every Monday morning at 10 o'clock, the entire company dials into a Zoom call and we all and we break out into little breakout groups of three or four people. And you stay with the same group for a calendar month. And he just started and, and he'd been in, onboarded and informed what the session was about. And he chose to work on his professional character quality. He wanted to work on being disciplined and his personal one being kind. And so the various members in his little breakout group said, OK, well, why do you want to be more disciplined? He said, well, if I'm more disciplined, I'll make more sales calls and send more emails and I'll be more productive. OK, well, what stops you being productive today? Well, sorry, or disciplined. He said, well, I get so distracted by my mobile phone, you know, Slack messages, WhatsApp messages, TikTok messages, whatever. And... Um, so one of his colleagues said, OK, well, what I do to be disciplined is I put everything in my calendar. So nine o'clock till 10.15, make sales calls. 10.15 till 10.30, have a coffee break. 10.30 till 11.45, make sales calls. 11.45 to 12, have a coffee break. And I write everything in my diary, you know, like take the dog for a walk at five o'clock for half an hour. I put it in my diary. So I schedule everything. What gets scheduled gets done. He said, oh, I like that idea. And then one of the other colleagues said, hmm, the way I avoid the distractions of my mobile phone is I put it in the kitchen next to the coffee machine. And so it doesn't ping or make a noise when I'm making my sales calls. But then I've got 15 minutes to have a coffee, check my emails, check my messages. And then I go back to my sales calls. And he was like, oh, I like both of those ideas. Anyway, the following Monday, when he turned up on the call, he was like, well, that was the best idea ever. Because I reckon I got four hours more productivity out of my week just by those two simple ideas. Now, he was in his late 50s. He said, if someone had told me that 20 years ago, I would have made a lot more money and made a lot more sales. Um, anyway, that was his professional one. But my favourite part of this story is his personal one. He'd been married for 30 years. He'd just had his first grandchild. And he wanted to appreciate his wife more. He felt he wanted to appreciate his wife more. And he thought if he was kind... And so one of the girls in his breakout group said, well, what would your wife really appreciate? Can you think of two or three or four things that she might appreciate? He said, oh, yes. He said, every morning I go very early in the morning to the gym. And by the time I've finished in the gym, it's next to the dry cleaner. So if I just picked up her tickets next to her car keys and I took them to the gym, I could pick her dry cleaning up and bring it home, save her a job during the day. 
um, on Tuesday evenings, I could take the garbage out and put it on the curb. So for the rubbish guys to come and collect the next morning, rather than have her ask me, nag me or whatever. Um, what was the third one? Third one was um, she likes to put her washed laundry on the washing line. And of course, if it starts to rain and she's not at home, it gets soaking wet. But if I'm at home on my own, I could rush outside, put it all in the laundry basket, stick it in the utility room and make her very happy. Oh, hang on a second. I've got a fly on my camera. Um, <laughs> exactly. I didn't dare to tell you that. <laughs> and um, and then, um, what was the fourth? Oh, the fourth one was, yes, at nine o'clock at night, um, I could get up and just, without being asked, without being nagged, take the dog for a walk around the block for a nighttime pee before bedtime. And he said, God, if I did those four, I think she'd be very happy. Anyway, so the following Monday, after telling us about being disciplined, he said, well, every Friday evening uh, for the last 30 years, my wife has always cooked a super duper gourmet dinner just for the two of us at home. It's our it's our date night. And she brings a gin and tonic into my office at 630 and says, right, empty, you know, close your computer, clear your desk. Dinner's at seven o'clock. Anyway, this particular Friday, she came in. And bought a gin and tonic for her and sat down in the spare chair in his office and said, okay, I'm going to come straight to the point. Are you having an affair? And he's like, no, of course I'm not having an affair. Why would you think that? And she said, well, this new company you've joined, are they giving you drugs or something? And he said, no, I'm working on my character qualities of being kind. And she said, well, I've noticed you've got my dry cleaning and taken the dog out of the garbage and everything. And he just said, you know, when I first heard about IntelliKey, I thought your character was a bit like your star sign. You, you know, you're born a Capricorn, you'll always be a Capricorn, you can't change it. And I thought you were kind of born with your character. But he said, I've just learned this week, in one week, that by being conscious and focusing on just two of the characters, I've literally transformed my life. Mm. And of course, we get everyone to work on their two character qualities for a month. So they keep doing it so it becomes in the muscle memory. And then next month they choose two more. And then and so at the end of a year, you've probably got 10 to a dozen character qualities that you've consciously dialed up. And, you know, he doesn't need to be conscious now to take the dog out or or get his wife's dry cleaning. He just does it on autopilot. And so now he can focus on another one, another one. And so Basically, for the last 30 or 40 years, um, as I said earlier, I left school in 1977 and I went to a state um, school and we had drama and sport and music and debating society and all sorts of things where we learned to be in a team, lead a team, uh, collaborate, um, debate critical thinking skills and all of those things have been eviscerated out of the education system in favor of stem subjects mm. and so very simply people don't turn up to work after being at oxford university and getting a first class honors degree in anything with those 
character qualities because they've never been taught them. You know, yeah. being collaborative isn't something you're innately brilliant at. You have to learn how to do it and be taught how to do it. And so essentially that political correctness has taken a real problem, which is engagement, and turned it into a nonsense subject like time management, where really what they're saying is they want people to learn to be respectful, that they're being well paid for doing a job and at work, you know, you have an hour's break for lunch and you can make your phone calls and check your emails then. Um, but also, when we show these 54 character qualities to an organisation, and say, if everybody in your company was brilliant at si just six of these, which six would you choose? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, we choose organized, reliable, disciplined, collaborative, analytical, purposeful. Da -da 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 -da. And I said, like, OK, well, you've chosen 12. <laughs> um, and I asked you for six. Um, but if we could get your people every one of them to be brilliant at these 12 character qualities at the end of a year, tell me what the impact on your business bottom line would be. Oh, we could grow our sales by 20%, improve our margins by 10%. We'd slash the first year churn in recruitment problem we have. We'd have better retention, better development. Da, da, da. Okay, well, if you achieved all those things, monetize that for me. Well, 10% more sales would be worth another two and a half million dollars and da, da da da. Oh, so it sounds like if you add those five things up together, this could be worth three and a half million pounds if we got this, you know, right for you. And they're like, yes. Okay, well, this intervention is only going to cost your company, you know, 350,000 pounds. So you're going to make a 10 times return on investment. And all of your people are going to be much more engaged. They're all going to talk a common language. Right. We've got this new project we need to do. We've got this new customer we need to win. We've got this new supply chain we need to open up. What are the character qualities that the team and the individuals on that team need to dial up to pull off that new project? Right, we need to be analytical. We need to be collaborative. We need to be creative. Um, we need to be curious, open-minded, whatever. And, and that becomes how the team talks to each other. And so they actually talk about and implement the very human skills, the work-ready skills that they were never taught at school or college, that employers are looking for, and they say, why weren't we taught this at school or college? So it's not complicated. And going right back to Aristotle <clears throat> two and a half thousand years ago, when he was talking about IntelliKey, which you described very nicely earlier, you know, the IntelliKey of a, an acorn is an oak tree. The entelechy of a caterpillar is a butterfly. The entelechy um, of Ivan is the ultimate version of Ivan with all of his potential fully actualized. <clears throat> but Aristotle went on to say something else, which to me is the most important phrase he ever came up with, although I adore the word entelechy. And he said, character determines destiny. And what he meant by that was we all end up in life wherever we end up as a direct function of our character. Mm. And so I think, first of all, in answer to your question, it's been a missing domain. And it actually underpins the development of all skills mm. from 
technical skills to physical skills to um i mean if you think of the top two tennis players in the world or the top five golf players in the world or basketball players what's the difference between the very best and the next one down it's not technical skills it's something it's, else yeah the resilience the mental toughness of whatever you want to call it that all of which all of which are character qualities yes exactly Indeed. and so um so all of those like meta skills and uh, and the jargon that you read from McKinsey et al today is ridiculous agile learning and doing those like okay my favorite story and i'm not going to name the company but one of the world's top three uh, management consultancies in the middle of the panic the pan the pandemic <laughs> the pandemic um the uh, ceo wrote to every single employee <clears throat> and said because of all the chaos that's going on and in the world we need to dial up every single one of you the the skill of managing vuca so i'm going to leave it all with you and please dial up your vuca skills but 92% of the recipients of that email like what the hell is vuca you know what it is it has been repeated by any life coach any right. uh, company doing trainings the, the volatility the uncertainty the c i don't remember and Aos. i forgot buzzword yeah anyway <laughs> so 92% of them didn't even know what it meant that they were being asked to dial up and the next question was well, how do you do that what do you, you know what are the so then when you look at our 54 character qualities you can say ah oh, right well i need to be curious i need to be open minded i need to be analytical i need to be da -da -da. and so there isn't any skill anywhere in the world that is not underpinned by our 54 character qualities and so um once you understand what the 54 character qualities are then my my son, who's in his early 30s, said to me a few months ago, he said, you know, Dad, it doesn't matter what the problem is, whether it's my girlfriend or my business or my next door neighbor. I now look at the 54 character qualities and say, which one or which two do I need to dial up in this situation to solve the problem? He said, and it works every time. <laughs> David, I'm pretty sure that this is your biggest pride, that you are influencing your, your son, right? <laughs> I don't think I'm very good at influencing him, but anyway. <laughs> uh, David, so if we, if we dig a little bit more about the, the real challenge for organizations is, is that, I mean, character traits, the development of character traits are not Sorry, something that we learn. Can I, can, please, can, yes. please, can I press pause? We, we want to make the, so they're not traits. A trait is something else. It is a quality. Okay, got it. The development of character uh, will imply that you cannot learn it like what you learn in university. It's not a knowledge transfer. Uh, it is something that do you do by practicing. It's something that you be. Yes, but in order to be, there needs to be something like that, it's not something that I will learn through a slides. You will not go and do a no, no, no. It, training. It, it, it's applied learning. 
Yes, exactly. And, and so if you think about being, you know, going to university for three years to do your degree in aeronautical engineering. Yeah. If you know when you leave university and you join British Aerospace um, that they need you to be organized, reliable, responsible, disciplined, organized, analytical, collaborative, um, uh, etc., then when you're at university, you organize your study in an organized way, in a disciplined way, you, your, your homework, your uh, visits to the library. When you do your research project, you think about how do I, am I more analytical? How do I collaborate with other people? And so all of the things that you're going to need to show that you're good at when you leave university, you do them whilst you're at university doing your degree. Indeed. It, it, and, and, and you learn by doing. So in, in the specific case of the IntelliKey Academy, the, the methodology, is it a hybrid between coaching and uh, mentoring? How, how does it work in order that people practice this skill or learn, has the mental processes to understand uh, what to practice exactly? Um, it's, it's, it's based on the best coaching and mentoring and teaching techniques but actually what we help people learn is how to learn for themselves mm -hmm. and so um earlier on this afternoon i was in a, a workshop with, with our product team and um one of the newer members of the team said oh so you know, people in my 360 said I should be more pioneering. I haven't got a clue how to do that. So what happens at the moment is people say, oh, here's three LinkedIn learning modules you should go and read or watch how to be more pioneering. But what we do is say, well, okay, you don't know how to do it. So have you got any clues, any ideas? No, okay. How many people in your 360 out of 10 people said you need to be more pioneering? seven of them that's not good is it and i said well it's very good because now you've got seven people to go and ask them when you said i should be more pioneering what would more pioneering look like to you mm -hmm. and every one of them is going to give you a tactical practical idea you can say oh okay that would work for me i could do that and so now you've got seven ways in which to be pioneering from the very people who want to see it from you And they're going to tell you exactly what you need to do in that meeting next Tuesday when you're doing a presentation or whatever to be more pioneering. So you don't need, I mean, if you want to go off and Google, how do I become more pioneering or go to a LinkedIn learning course, that's fine. But actually, why not talk to the people who've given you the feedback and say, what would more pioneering look like to you? By the way, David, this story with LinkedIn learning, I mean, it is public information that only 11% of people who start a LinkedIn learning by themselves finishes. And then it's also public information and in a specific study that LinkedIn did that only 5% of people finishing the, uh, the learning are practicing what they learn. So that's very, very, very low. Um, I wanted to, to dig a little bit more about some friction that we have when we are talking about our characters uh, we get some frictions to change because change is is difficult. It's like 
because we are embedded with anchored with a lot of beliefs. For instance, I'm, I'm an engineer and I'm, I'm not made to be creative. So you gave the example of being more pioneering. So it made me think about one of my beliefs that I wasn't that creative because I, I'm not wired on that on that way. So already the I will have a resistance to change, to practice pioneering or creativity because I don't believe that I'm built for that. No, Is but stop, 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 that... stop. Yes? So use the technique which I just gave to you. So you're an engineer and seven of your 10 assessors say it would be good if you were more creative. You're like, yeah. I don't know how to do it. Go and ask them, why did you say I could be more creative? What What was in your mind? And you'd be very surprised what um, they would end up saying. And if you then say, oh, actually, I'll give that a shot. I'll try that. Yes, I like that. That'll work for me. Then, you know, you're never going to be a creative in the sense of Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci or John Lennon or a famous chef. Because they're creative in a different way. But as an engineer, you can be creative as an engineer in a way that other engineers would say, that's very creative but that doesn't mean you're creative like john lennon mm. or steve jobs or whatever and it's like so you know th this is the thing that with standardized education they want to give you a score you know so ivan you get 71 percent in creativity you're in the third quartile but actually in engineering, you could be in the top 1% for being creative. Hmm. And so giving you a standardized score for creative is a nonsense. Um, and so you absolutely could be the most creative engineer on the planet, but still say to yourself, well, I can't write a book, I can't write a poem, I can't write a song, I can't make a souffle. So... Um, I'm not clearly not that creative um, or paint or whatever. So I think you've got to put it all in the context of what you do rather than have creativity as some abstract concept. And so, you know, we, we employ a bunch of coders in our business, you know, back-end, front-end coders. And if you say to them, how could we be more, you be more creative? You know, they're like, uh, don't understand the question. And then um, if you then ask one of the other coders, how do you think he could be more creative? Oh, he could do this in JavaScript and, da -da 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 and code it this way. Oh, I like that idea. How could he be more creative? Or oh, he could do images better or, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, five minutes later, they've all said, well, I'm really good at something you need to be good at. You're good at something I need to be good at. So let's coach each other. Mm. And six months later, your back-end, front-end development team are 25% more creative. But they might still not be able to sing a song, write a song, or make a souffle. So you know, within their world, they are a lot more creative. So it's a nonsense. I mean, to, to say creativity is defined like this across the board. Uh, David, something that has 
stay in my in my mind is a story that that, that you you mentioned before about that it is still difficult in corporations to understand that to develop people is not about knowledge transfer because and even the more senior we become in a company the more we know the tricks to fake that for instance we are good at emotional intelligence i i still remember david a couple of years ago that in my scoring of, of emotional intelligence uh, i was very high because i had these surveys of emotional intelligence where they ask you for definitions rather than the real actions that i was doing and when I was asking my team back then about my emotional intelligence, they were saying that I suck because basically I didn't have the time to spend with them, even though the principles, I knew them by heart. So that is incredible that still a lot of organizations- You, you had the knowledge, but knew nothing. Exactly, exactly. Right, but going back to your LinkedIn learning point, huh? watching a video gives you knowledge. It doesn't give you uh, learning. Yeah. Um, and the only way you can ever learn is by doing um you can't watch a video or read a book about how to become charismatic mm. you have to go out and be charismatic <laughs> and so i think and, and the you know at the end of the day the education system has let young people down and it's also let employers down and employers aren't sophisticated to, enough to often understand. They talk about all these jargon terms, managing VUCA. But actually, now in the organizations we work with, and we said, look, it's all one of these 54 character qualities. They're like, this is so simple. It's so easy. And, you know, you, you need to dial up this character quality or this character quality, this character and, you know, as I explained in my two stories earlier on today, anybody can improve being kind in a week or disciplined in a week or collaborative in a week. Mm. Um, now, they might not become the world's greatest collaborative person that week, but they could make a big improvement. If they keep working on it for the whole of a year, guess what? They could be the most collaborative person in your company. <clears throat> and the other thing as well is because of all the bullshit jargon that all of these companies have been fed for their lms's and the content that they buy that no one ever watches or engages with and all these crazy topics that are on linkedin learning it boils down to i need to be more organized or disciplined or reliable or collaborative or honest or kind or whatever the character world is people understand what those things mean there isn't one of the words in the 54 that anyone ever says oh what does that mean you know, they understand it. And and it's almost like a light bulb goes off in their head and go, do you know, I never thought of that. But if I was more this, that, or the other, whatever the character qualities are, my boss would love that. And it's like, okay, well, go and talk to your boss and say, here's 54 character qualities. I've found three that I think you'd like it if I dialed up, but you tell me what your three would be. And hopefully, all three are the same. But if, even if your boss gives you a different three, you can say, oh, well, I was thinking this one, this one, and this one. Tell me why you've said those ones. And the boss could turn around and say, well, actually, I prefer your three. Or no, I'd rather you worked on my three. But you're now having a conversation 
where the boss can say, well, you know, you always turn up to meetings five minutes late. It's disrespectful to everybody else who's turned up on time. Or you shouldn't check your mobile phone in a meeting or whatever it is, you know. Or if I say to you, I need that report by three o'clock on my desk tomorrow afternoon, you know, four o'clock is an hour too late because maybe I've got a meeting at 3.15 that I need to take that report to. And so I need you to be reliable. And when you say, yes, I'll get it to you by three o'clock, we both mean three o'clock, not quarter past three, not half past three. And it's simple behaviours like that. Okay, that's what you mean by reliable. And it's it's not, it's so easy. It's so uncomplicated. And everyone can learn how, to, and, and really at the end of the day, it's a real conversation between a boss and their employee is what do how do you want me to be in this team in this company to make my maximum contribution so i can be my entelechy and the team could be their entelechy and it, it it's a really nice way to have a conversation where you're talking about a character quality or two and the practical things that you could do to demonstrate you've understood what your boss is asking for and have delivered on what they've asked for. It's 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 so simple. It looks simple, but now the thing is that if we look at numbers, still there is a lot of companies who will decide like for 80% of the companies, it will be still a decision that if I need to improve my people, I will go take the corporate trainers who will give me the time management one day training, there is going to be a little bit of a Stephen Covey matrix. Uh, we are going to spend 60 slides explaining people what it is. But as you said, we all know what it is. We even know a little bit of the principles of Stephen Covey, but we have the problem of making it happen because of bandwidth, because of motivation. Oh, yeah, okay, but, but at, at the end of the what? day, there's a few simple questions. You say, oh, have you run that course before? Uh, yes, we have. What was the return on investment on that course? Oh, we never measured it. Um, why are you running it again if you ran it before? Uh, oh, well, other companies that I've heard about, they've done it and they're very happy with it. And I said, okay, what was the return on investment that they got? Did it. And then you turn around and said, the, the killer question is, okay, well, um, if you can't demonstrate a return on investment, either yourself or another company, how much does this cost per employee? Um, oh, it was $500 or $800, whatever it is. Okay, well, our entire 14-month program of Discover and Transform is £200 per person. And we will sit down with you at the end of Discover and say, which of these character qualities are we going to dial up? For your entire organization to get the improvement in revenues and margins and whatever you're looking to achieve there's a plan and there's a qualitative and quantitative benefit with a 10 times roi and you've just admitted yourself you chose 12 character qualities that you've never thought of before could drive performance and productivity in your company so by all means, go and do the Stephen Covey program. It's very well known. It's super expensive, yeah. but it it doesn't work. <laughs> David, uh, let, let, let's continue a little bit challenging the status quo that, that there is in, in, in corporate. Uh, let's 
people de people's development incorporate corporates let's imagine that you have a magic wand to change the way people get ready for the future of work so what would you do first would you change the university system even before that would you change how corporates are developing their the people what would you do first if you had this possibility to do anything if i could do anything literally anything i would have every company write a job description and include in that job description the character qualities that they know the peak performers in that job in that team in that company uh, always exhibit and so I want to join British Aerospace as an aeronautical engineer. I've read the job spec for a graduate trainee. And they say, please turn up and be A, B, C, D, E, F, and G with these character qualities. And right, I'm now going to do the IntelliKey program whilst I'm at university, get my degree and turn up with my IntelliKey signature. It says, here's my degree. Here's what I've studied. Here's my exam grades. Here's my signature. I've got 12 badges in the exact character qualities that you said you need in that role. If I sent my CV and my signature in to British Airways, I'd literally go straight to the top of the queue for interviews. Mm. It, it is crazy eh? that it's still, even though there has been so much discussion about these what you call signatures or... Uh, or, or... Signature, signature is a product of IntelliKey Academy where it's effectively your 180 and 360 results where it shows your strengths and growth and, and where you've had it validated by an external third-party assessor, you get a badge, mm. which, which you can put on your LinkedIn profile, you can put in your CV. So we, we're effectively giving a micro-credential qualification once you get a badge in a character quality. A bit like... What, a bit what, like is crazy, what is crazy is that... I universities could do it much more earlier than when you go into the, the workforce. Uh, people could right. be so even more prepared, right? One of the things we are doing is we are we sponsor um, a charity called ACE, the Association of Character Education. And we give them 1% of our revenues, not our profits, our revenues, and they teach primary school teachers and primary school students how to learn to develop their character. And so the whole vision for that company is in five years' time, they'll be in every primary school in England. And in 15 years' time, they will be sending young people off to university who've already learned about character and learned how to develop their character and the importance of character. And, you know, with all of the problems that we've got in the world today from, you know, uh, the war in Israel and the war in uh, Ukraine and and all of the politics around the world and climate change and everything else as well, the, um, the only way we can solve all those problems is by the world waking up and reconnecting to their innate humanity and being more conscious. Mm. And the way we do that is through developing people's character. Mm. And so um, 
I don't know, you said before you live in Switzerland, you know, I wouldn't mind betting my bottom dollar that if they invent another pandemic over this winter in the UK and insist on more lockdowns and masking, 80% of the population will not put on a mask and not lock themselves at home because, you know, they were fed a load of rubbish. And so they've become more curious, they've become more open-minded, they've become more courageous. And they're, they're going to stand up to the system by saying no more of this. Um, and they're doing that through developing their character and becoming more conscious. So, you know, I, my, my ultimate dream is that we have a massive impact on all young people, raise their consciousness. So in future generations, character is something that is taught and learned and applied at an early age and can then dramatically impact the workforce of a company, the culture of a company. And we can all work for companies that have meaningful, purposeful visions that we feel personally aligned to. That's good, David. David, tell me, uh, we are reaching the end of this recording and I wanted to ask you, so what are the best ways to, to reach you out? I mean, people are going to have a lot of questions about the specific methodology of, an, uh, or, of your business. The people are going to have a lot of questions about, especially now, we talk a lot about work culture. I think that changing work culture is definitely something that you do with that type of methodology that you are using for uh, for uh, IntelliKey Academy. Uh, how can they reach you out? Um, the best way is LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, there's only one David CM Carter on LinkedIn and it's me. Um, and also if people wanted to check out, you know, like the research and the white papers, they're all on the um, IntelliKey Academy uh, LinkedIn profile. So, but, you know, if anyone wants to um, connect with me, please do so on LinkedIn and just put a message of, you know, where you uh, heard me and what, and then we can have a Zoom call and a, a chat about whatever's interesting. I will definitely put both of the links under your uh, under the, the description of, of this recording. David, thank you very much. And thank you for making the time for, for this interview. It was really, really lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me and I've enjoyed the conversation. So best wishes to you. Thanks.